Welcome to the Royal Touch Podcast. We are your host, the Royal Wheels. We are a skate team based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we are here to bring you the latest news from inside the ring. Let's go. Welcome to episode four of season two of the Royal Touch Podcast. I am your host, Disco Mamas. Keith King Royal will not be joining us on this episode. He sends his best wishes and many thanks. We are here with a very, very special guest today. The one, the only Pigeon, um, owner, founder of Pigeon's Roller Skate Shop, um, Pigeon's Roller Rink, all of Pigeon's social media links will be in our show notes, show description, whatever, whatever. We'll tag her on the social media. Thank you so much for all of the support that you and your team have given our team. Um, it's meant so, so much to us, especially Keith, who, like our captain. This is like his dream. This is his little brainchild, you know? So like, it just, it means the world. And thank you so much for your time to like come and be a guest on our little show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where do you claim as home and where are you calling in from right now? Long Beach, California. Hey! <laughs> yeah, right here. This is the Pigeon State's headquarters. We're about three miles north of the shop and about four miles away from the roller rink. Nice. How's parking over there? When I was in LA most recently, I wanted to go so badly, but I was staying in um, like near Santa Monica and Ubers the night of your R&B night were like $80 to Long Beach. Oh. And I was like, no. Oh, wow. Well, it would have been worth it, but... I know, and that's the thing is like you're. I really, oh, I always wanted to skate at your rink. Like it, I love skating on concrete. When I started skating, I was skating like outside on like asphalt and like parking yep. lots. So, yeah, I did not grow up skating on wood. I do, I do love the concrete as well at the rink. We're very fortunate. The rink has multiple parking structures, but the shop, the shop's gonna be like, like L.A. Like no parking. You're gonna have to circle around. And that's just how it is because it's on a really popular shopping and dining street. So clarifying, you're primarily a derby skater, correct? I I have played roller derby for a long time. That's how I got started. I also read that you founded a derby team in Long Beach. Do you still like, are you still part of that team? Yeah, we're currently on hiatus because COVID, you know, did a bunch of stuff to derby, including took away most of the venues. So even though I have a roller rink, that I run, it's too small to practice and play roller derby. So um, we are still looking, like while we have a venue, we're looking for another venue to come back to derby. But I founded Beach Cities Roller Derby in 2012. I noticed in the LA area, there's not really any rinks per se. It's a lot of like an outdoor kind of culture and scene there. It is shocking to me because like LA, I feel like is one of the like biggest hubs for skate culture and skate life. But hey, I guess it's that weather that like helps y'all thrive without the indoor rinks. Yeah, I think also, I mean, there were rinks around. There were way more rinks yeah. back in the day. World on Wheels, Shamrock, yeah. Skate Depot. There were quite a few rinks, even more that I don't even know about. LA is just so expensive. So it's, it's, I feel like the reason why all the rings close and don't come back is because they can't afford it. You know, where maybe in a different part of the country, it's easier to maintain financially a rink compared to in LA. 
Definitely. But man, this weather is it. This is it. Like, I don't know how it is right now, but what is it? We're in February and it is 80 degrees outside <laughs> and sunny. But yeah, no, right now, literally looking out my window, first of all, the sun is already starting to set here. And then also it is snowy on the ground and it's been raining all day and it's gray and it's like 40. So you need the rinks where we can honestly go find a parking lot. We'll go have some fun. What is your favorite part of Derby? I am super into team competition. I wouldn't say I'm into competition because I'm not really into like me competing against someone else, but teamwork and your team competing against another team is just something that I've always kind of been interested in as an athlete growing up playing sports. And so when I grew up and became an adult, I realized like, wow, like a lot of the things that I liked to do as far as athletics goes was more for the youth. You know, there's like little league and there's like soccer clubs and you can play volleyball with, at the city park. But when you're an adult, you have to be so dedicated into it and so good that you're playing at a higher level because there's not much recreation for you. And so when I was 21 years old, I was in college and I was literally in the midst of missing like, oh, you know, like, I don't want to play soccer or softball or rugby for my college. That's all, that's too much dedication. I'm, I like so many different things. And so I found Derby, or actually Derby found me. And when I got introduced to it and saw like, oh my gosh, these are just adults playing around and taking something kind of seriously, but not so seriously that it at the time, I didn't think it was gonna take over your life, right? I was like, this doesn't have to take all your time. You know, you could still do other things. That's and how so exactly how I feel about like the team that I joined. Like suddenly it's become almost like a full-time job. And I was like, oh, teehee. I thought I was just gonna do some little dance moves on roller skates. Whenever I tell anyone I'm on a skate team, they go, oh my gosh, you do derby? You do roller derby? And I'm like, no, but I really respect those who do. I just dance. I just, you know, I do my little one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. But like, oh my gosh, I have so much respect for like the like physical aggression and like strength. It's a lot because there's a lot of rules and it's really physical. Me, I'm not the type of person who's like, oh, I can't wait to go to Derby to get all my anger out. You know what I mean? For me, it's like, I want to win, <laughs> you know? I like black out during the game and I'm like, okay, what happened? Like the game's over, I'm like, what happened? Did we win? I really, really enjoy that. And I think a lot of people who play roller derby aren't necessarily the super aggressive or maybe even the athletic type, but they're the type who wants camaraderie. They're the type who likes the team competition, the friendly team competition. That's not too serious, you know? And what's really cool about roller skating is that it has allowed adults to get in those places easier than basketball or baseball for adults. You know, there's like women's derby, men's derby, and there's even junior derby, you know, and there's non-binary teams, co-ed teams, there's flat track, bank track. Moving on from derby, what sort of skate style do you like also like to participate in or you would like to learn or that you've been practicing? Well, I would say that kind of what set me apart from the rest of the skaters 15 years ago when roller derby came back is that I would actually go outside and all my teammates were like, oh my God, you're going to ruin your gear. You're going to get hurt. Don't go outside. We practice inside and in, in a rink. And so for me, just skating outdoors, 
Um, I grew up skateboarding here in LA. So it's like hitting the pavement, you know, bloody knees. It's That's normal to me. So once I got introduced to roller skating, I took it outside. And that is my favorite type of skating. It's kind of adventure skating. You know, I don't have to go over there on the other side of town to that really cool park, but I want to go to, and I want to skate there to get that adventure and enjoy myself. It involves being on the street. It involves, you know, like skating for your life actually, because it's pretty dangerous out there, you know? And so that's really- well, Yeah, I tried to street skate in Chicago and that's when I was wearing just like Chicago, like. $60 skates. No. Oh my gosh. I ran no. into so many, I ran into so many dumpsters because I would have to quick hop off the road and like get onto the sidewalk and then like I'd be going and like oh my gosh, my hands were so sticky with mysterious substances. I hated it. I yeah, it's it's an it's an adrenaline rush, you know? That's definitely my kind of skating, I guess. Cuz derby's adrenaline, street skating is adrenaline, and I do a lot of hill skating too, and that is just you know, um, I just recently got into dance skating, not because of COVID, which is what a lot of how a lot of people got into it, but because I opened the rink and I don't spend that much time there. Like a lot of people think that I do because I have to have a full-time job and I'm a mom and you know, my job isn't a shift at the rink. It's up here in the office, pounding the keyboard. So it's a whole different world that I really, really enjoy. And it's really interesting to to be an outdoor skater, you know, and not know anything about the rinks and think that, you know, you've seen all the talent there is to see because that's all that you've seen outside. But then you open this door to this rink and you're like, oh my God, it's like a hidden closet. And it's, it's really cool because the talent inside these buildings, inside the rinks, far exceed anything that I've ever seen outside. I love to travel and like go to different cities ranks on their adult nights and like see that specific cities or like regions like style of dance skate and I love like going up to someone and being like just can you teach me your favorite move and then I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna be good at it right now but I'm gonna take it home work on it and when I come back you'll get to you'll get to show me another move <laughs> yes yes yeah, I love that. I feel like even each rink has a tiny bit of its own style too, because of the skaters who go to that rink consistently and the things that they come up with and people are watching them do it. Now they're doing it. And now everyone's kind of picking up on that, you know, like- And the rink's DJs, it depends on the music too. Yes. Yeah, that sets like the speed. You were talking about being a mom. So how many kids do you have and how old are they? I have one daughter. She's turning five on Monday. So what is that, Aquarius? Yeah, she's an Aquarius. People tell me that Aquariuses are like little aliens on this planet. And I think that makes perfect sense for her. She's like in her own little world. She's, you know, oh as five-year-olds are. Okay, I don't know if you're a part of the like big beginner roller skater group on Facebook where like, I don't know, there's just a million posts a day, but recently, somebody posted, oh, my toddler's really interested when I'm like practicing skating inside and like tries to copy the footwork. How old should a kid be when they first learn how to skate? And like so many people were commenting what I said. I was like, well, my parents threw me on skis when I was three years old. Um, my captain has been skating since he was three. So whenever you feel comfortable, just 
Have patience and let the kids sit down when they want to sit down. Is your daughter going to be a skater too? Has she shown any interest? Yeah, I've actually had her messing around on skates since she was one. Um, there's not, or at least I haven't found adequate skates to help her progress as much as I feel like she could. So it's just like these little plastic skates that fit the small feet. And she loves it, you know? She's not super, super into it because she's into absolutely everything in this whole world, you know? So when I bring her to the roller rink, she'll put her skates on, skate around four or five times, then take them off and then put her shoes back on and run because she can run faster than she can skate. She just wants to go fast. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. My little brother and I, when we were in ice skating lessons at like four years old or something, he would go into the middle of the rink and just start screaming because he liked the echo. And everyone was like, oh my gosh. And so he was no longer allowed back. <laughs> oh my goodness. What are your essentials to a successful skate session minus your actual skates? Like, what do you carry in your bag? What's your gear? What do you, what do you need? I'm literally the worst person to ask. So here I am, hi, I own a skate shop and all this stuff, but I'm like, people call me the, the shoemaker's daughter who walks barefoot. And, and what that means is like, I have access to all the things, but I have none of the things. <laughs> I never have any tools in my bag. I don't, I, I'm actually, I lost a toe stop. I don't have an extra. Dude, I even forgot like my pads, like um, I, it's, the bearings are rusted shut. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's nothing that I truly need besides a place where I could be in a good headspace, you know? So if I want a good session, it's, I gotta be able to go somewhere where I'm gonna be able to, I guess, it's not meditation, but it's that place that all of us get to when we're skating. Skate days. Mm, exactly. So that is so essential. Like, I'm not gonna go and skate in a parking lot if I know that that place isn't gonna allow me to like get into my, the, the right headspace that I wanna get at, you know? I totally feel that. And when I was like learning to skate, um, I was doing it in parking lots mainly, but I was doing it in like empty parking lots, but it was right next to like a neighborhood where everyone came and walked their dogs, but they like didn't use leashes usually cause like nobody was usually there. But so I had like several dogs charge at me, like not in like a mean way or anything, but I yeah. was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I can barely like stand on my skates. Please don't let your dog get near me. And like, if I like saw that the dog wasn't gonna stop, I had to like sit down fully and be like, hey bud. Cause I was like, I don't want to kick you with these skates. I don't know what I'm doing. So that kind yeah. of also pushed me to get into a rink was because if there's in where we're at in Grand Rapids, there's not many, places that were allowed to skate, um, surfaces that are even smooth enough to skate, big enough to skate. Like I skate in like a five by three little like cleared out area in my basement, like in our storage room. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I want the good weather and the smooth pavements. Yeah, like the vibe of the area really does matter. That's what I do love about our rink. It's sexy, you know? So it's it's real easy to, to like feel the magic of skating when you're in a place that kind of feels magical. Um, I, I know a lot of that has to do with your own head. Like I can go to the, you know, that three by five square that you have in your storage spot, you know? And if I, if I have enough like self-control, I can get myself there, you know? I think, and, and that's only one thing. That's just 
the one thing in my bag. But if you're not, if it's minus the skates, what do you need? You just need to be able to get into your zone. We were kind of talking about work ethics and you wanting to provide the best workspace for your employees. I did read that you were a teacher before you went into business. So how did you foster an environment that is thriving? Well, sorry, that was kind of a, a loaded no, question. It's a great, it's a great question. <laughs> I think about this a lot. You know, I, I reflect on myself a lot because for context, I went to school for biology. I specialized in ecology and evolution, and I became a science teacher. While I was a science teacher, I started the Roller Derby League. And here I am owning this business. So I would say I have, the advantage is, is I'm not classically trained in business. I feel like if I went to school for business, I would have all of these expectations or information where when I, the way that I've done it is more organically and more out of passion because I'm not passionate about retail. I'm not passionate about retail. <laughs> it's so not like, I don't even shop. It's interesting setting up a store when I'm like, how do people move around in a store? Like I am passionate about roller skating. And when I was a school teacher, I felt like, I mean, I was, I, and I am, I am passionate about science and teaching science, but what led me from my passion of science to my passion of skating was this realization that I, you know, I had actually in college where, you know, I was playing sports as a youth and I had all these after school programs as a youth, but then I became an adult and there was nothing for the adults to do after work or after whatever they're doing. There was no place for them. There was no, I mean, if there was, I didn't have exposure to it. And so when I was a school teacher, I realized he's teaching in inner city LA and all of the students had their own array of obstacles, but a lot of the obstacles were obstacles that their parents were going through. And so I was like, how can we help these kids if their parents are struggling so much to, for everything, you know? And so I kind of changed my gears from being a teacher to children of science to helping adults who have these kids who are in the science classes, you know? So, uh, perpetrating the issues and the, uh, yes. the cyclical patterns. Yes, oh my gosh, yes, exactly. sorry. Keep going, keep going. You were on a great wave, but I, I just had to say yes. <laughs> yeah, so it was a huge realization and like, it came in different waves in my life, but basically I knew that I had to leave teaching because there were so many more adults who I feel like I could help. And most of those adults had children, you know? And just trying to find a way to be the most helpful. And I was so passionate about science. And I'm so passionate about skating, but skating, I could help everyone. Science where I was, was just helping the kids. So here I go, I left my teaching job. I became full-time into skating. Um, I'm not sure if you know this, but Pigeons Roller Skate Shop used to be called the Moxie Skate Shop. I'd owned the Moxie Skate Shop for a decade. Uh, before I rebranded to my own name. Back when I was a school teacher, uh, I bought the the Moxie shop as it was like not gonna stay open much longer if I didn't buy it. It was dying essentially. So I became the owner of the Moxie 
franchise in LA County and opened a couple shops. We had a shop in Venice, a shop in San Pedro um, throughout the history before COVID. I guess that to answer your question, how I feel like I can provide such a good environment for my employees is because it really comes down to the people. That's like my passions are their own thing. You know, yeah, I can go into the forest and study leaves and ferrets and by myself, you know, but, and I can go skate by myself, but there's something about me that wants to share it with everyone. It's that human, a basic human need of community and care. Yes. You want to take care of people. And I, I love that. Yeah, I'm very community-based. Very, very community-based. I love, I love it. You seem to be like very committed to uplifting all skaters and um, big on inclusivity. How do you encourage inclusivity in the skate community that you are a part of? And then also what are some like direct actions that like somebody like me could take? So when you're talking about inclusivity, there's so many layers, I guess. I mean, the first and foremost is financial inclusivity. That's something that was a really big deal years back and a big reason why I rebranded and a reason why we carry certain brands. People, the access to this life we live and this passion that we love sometimes just comes down to the dollar. And what I've done is getting more economical skates in the shop. Um, Impala Skates is the one that I'm referring to. Um, it took me a year to finally say yes, but it was because I was nine months pregnant working my last shift at the shop. Two or three girls walked in. They're like, oh my God, roller skating. Oh my God, this is amazing. Picking it up. They're like, oh yes. Like I can, I could see myself doing this and then asking the price and then just like sadness, you know? And I'm like, wow, like 200 plus dollars is not like we're not doing the community service this way. We need other options. And so that's when um, we finally linked up with Impala who was trying to get into our shop for, like I said, like over a year. And now they're one of our number one supporters. So on top of Impala being an, an affordable skate for people, Impala has linked with us to donate over a thousand roller skates to the community. So we, it, yeah, it's so awesome. So basically Impala, like a, a lot of brands, I guess, I'm not super sure because I don't manufacture goods, but if anything is returned, like if someone buys a size seven from them and they actually need a six and they return it, they don't resell that seven. They will put it aside because they will only sell brand new products to people. So anything that was returned for an exchange gets put aside and they have all agreed to work with us to, to donate it to the people. So we're like their segue to give it to the people. That's amazing. Yeah, of that a brand has linked with the shop to do something good for the community. But we've also for over 10 years have done free skate lessons every single weekend in the park. We have so many people coming in buying skates and then those skates will sadly sit in their closet for years, you know? And it's just like, you know what? Come on, come on, come on out. You don't have to pay anything. We'll help you. We'll bring gear for you to wear. Like use those babies. They're sad and they're beautiful and you deserve it, you know? So those are some of the things that as a business with, with power, because if you have money, you have power. And as a business, we have money to make decisions, you know? You also may have noticed that when we first opened the rink, um, our tickets were super expensive um, because that was what we had to make to pay the bills. It was so expensive to open that rink. Insurance is freaking crazy expensive.
Um, but now that we have gotten to a place, we basically cut our prices into a third. So um, it's really affordable to come to our rink now. And we do all sorts of like two for one days and we do, um, we'll like donate a whole two hour session to different nonprofits so they could come and skate for free. So those are the things I do as a business um, for financial inclusivity. If you're gonna talk about more body inclusivity, you know, that is a constant struggle because there's still, I mean, I'm just gonna say it, it's, it's the white patriarchal standards are a very small size for a woman, you know? And it's like, women even come smaller than that. We come bigger than that, you know? So even skating, it's hard to get everyone the right skate size, gear size, helmet size, um, and that's a constant fight with the brands. It's exhausting. As a plus size woman, it's really defeating when people are like, well, we just don't believe there's a market. I'm like, I'm literally trying to give you thousands of dollars as a business owner. I'm a plus size business owner, you know? Another avenue of inclusivity will be racial inclusivity. I mentioned I used to own the Moxie skate shop. The, the Moxie brand has been under fire for not being very inclusive. And that is because of a number of reasons, but I don't go out of my way to say like find somebody who's a person of color or a black person to work for us. They come to us like we are in a, such a diverse area and the skaters here are very diverse that they exist. And when they come to us and they're qualified, I what I do within my business is I will invest in them and I will help train them to get to a higher position, higher position, higher position. Now, I feel like right now, our demographics of our employment is like pretty, pretty even between all of the like ethnicities as far as like Asian, white, Hispanic, black, men and women, non-binary. People who come into my business come with like baseline information on skating or how to run the warehouse department or the social media. And it's all about investing in people and giving them the, them the opportunities to succeed, you know, because like we do have opportunities. I do, like I said, I have the power with the money. You gotta put it in the right place, you know? And I absolutely love that you are putting it in the right place. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on our podcast. It was yeah. such an honor to meet you. The team really does want to get out and skate your rink. We want to make it happen so bad. We will hit you up if we're in the area ever. And thank you so, so much. You are- Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Royal Touch. We are the Royal Wheels. Be sure to stay connected with us through social media. Our links will be in the show notes. Please make sure to follow this podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can support the podcast by cash apping Royal Wheels LLC. Thank you, and we'll see you at the ring. Deuces.